0: broadcasting live to New York Bloomberg 1130 to Washington DC Bloomberg 991 to Boston Bloomberg 1200 to San Francisco Bloomberg 960 to the country Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and bloomberg.com this is Bloomberg Surveillance
1: Good morning 730 on Wall Street I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keen. we got uh, some mergers or at least Merger News. We don't have any actual mergers to report this morning, but uh, mm-hmm. the attempt by Gannett to purchase Tribune publishing runs into a snag. Tribune says no, uh, just a short time ago, rejected the Gannett bid, but they are offering a... Uh, the opportunity for to sign a non-disclosure agreement and then look at the books and talk some more. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, investors not impressed at the moment. Uh, Tribune Publishing shares off 17% in pre-market trading. Monsanto shares are up 8%. They haven't said anything, but uh, Bayer out with details of the offer they made last week for the company, $62 billion. Now, that's $122 a share for Monsanto, but Monsanto shares are only up to one hundred and nine sixty-four at the moment. So investors not convinced. AXA. That's France's largest insurer. Says it's going to stop investing in tobacco and divest all of its $2 billion of assets in that industry. Didn't say which tobacco company stocks it holds, but that's something to keep an eye on. Now let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael?
2: Mike, thank you very much. The U.S. and Vietnam are celebrating the next stage of an improving relationship. At a state luncheon in honor of the visiting President Obama, Vietnam's president spoke of the long effort to overcome profound grievances from the war years. President Obama has lifted a half-century-old ban on selling arms to Vietnam. The U.S. also welcomed the Vietnamese government's approval of the Peace Corps to teach English in Vietnam. Twin suicide bombings in Yemen have left at least 45 people dead. The attacks in the southern city of Aden targeted young men who were planning to join the army. Normally quiet pro-government coastal areas of Syria came under attack today by rockets and suicide bombers, killing at least 65 people. A new NBC Wall Street Journal poll shows Democrat Hillary Clinton ahead, but Republican Donald Trump gaining ground. Clinton is at 46% and Trump is at 43%. Global news 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world.
0: I'm Mike Lubar.
2: Mike?
1: Thank you, Michael. It's time now for the Land Rover Parsippany Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. Here's John Stasha.
0: Thanks, Mike. Stunning game last night in the NBA. Not just that Oklahoma City beat Golden State to regain the lead in their playoff series, but the ease with which the Thunder did it against the team that won more regular season games than any team in NBA history. Thunder doubled up the Warriors in the second quarter, 38-19. to They led by 25 at the half, and then they scored 45 more points in the third quarter. Build their lead up to 41. The final was 133-105, to 105, and the series is 2-1 OKC, setting up a big game for tomorrow. Stanley Cup playoffs, overtime in Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay's Tyler Johnson deflected one in off his back. The Lightning won 4-3 for a 3-2 lead, their one win from a trip back to the finals. Great weekend for the Mets and the Yankees. Michael Conforto homered as Drupal Cabrera, a two-run single, and plenty enough for Noah Syndergaard. Who's become the Mets? A seven innings allowed just an earner and run, struck out eleven. Mets finished a sweep of Milwaukee three to one big series starts tonight in Washington. And the Yankees, a four game sweep in Oakland, winning five to four. So after a seven and three home stand, a five and two road trip, they'll host Toronto tomorrow. Yanks have gone from last place to a tie for third. With the Bloomberg NBC sports update, I'm John Staff Uh
1: John Tucker, can I get away with saying Thunder and lightning prevail is the sports headline. Or is that just too awful? (laughs) Next. (laughs) This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. We're watching... Futures, uh, they're down. I was going to say deteriorate, but it's only like a quarter of a point, so we really can't say that. Uh, S&P futures off three points right now, about two-tenths. Uh, same for Dow futures. They're down 24. Stocks in Europe trading lower by two points in the Stock 600 index. That's half a percent. Now well, let's check in with Bob Moon. It's time for the NJIT STEM Report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Bob?
3: Michael, good morning. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Toyota plans to work with the inventor of the Segway human transporter, Dean Kamen, to develop advanced wheelchairs for disabled people and aging populations worldwide. Toyota and Cayman's Manchester, New Hampshire-based DECA Research and Development unveiled the alliance at a Paralyzed Veterans of America convention in Jacksonville, Florida. The agreement gives the world's largest automaker a license to use balancing technology that Cayman has installed in prior generations of wheelchairs for medical rehabilitative therapy and other purposes. In November, Toyota said it would spend a billion dollars on an initial five-year investment for research focused on artificial intelligence and robotics. with scientists at the new Toyota Research Institute, promoting traffic safety and non-automotive goals like elderly mobility. And a 12-year-old student in Sacramento, California, who already has three community college degrees and has been accepted by two University of California campuses, says he plans on studying biomedical engineering, though he has yet to decide on which university he'll attend. He ultimately plans on becoming a doctor and medical researcher by the time he turns 18. No, his name is not Doogie Hauser. It's Tanishq Abraham. He started community college at age seven where professors didn't initially want him in their classes because of his age. And that's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael.
1: We kind of feel that way about Tom, you know. When, you, he, when he grows up, he can come right. back. And he can <laughs> conquer the world. He can conquer the world. All right. Thank you uh, very much for joining us. So let's talk currencies now. Uh, if you're going to... If you're going to have basically any kind of uh, rate move in any kind of central bank, you're going to have a move in the currency market. But what we're not really seeing is the big increase in the dollar that everybody forecast once the Fed started talking about higher rates. Uh, Let's talk to Jeremy Stretch. He's a... Uh, the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, CIBC, Forex strategist. Um, Jeremy, uh, we we were just talking with Kamal Srikumar. He says, you know, the Fed, if they raise rates, they're going to have this tremendous reaction in the markets. But we're not having a pre-reaction, a pre-action in the markets. The markets aren't saying to the Fed at the moment, don't do this.
4: No, that's true, although I think there's still a, a general degree of uncertainty as to whether the, uh, whether the Fed will actually follow through with uh, some of the uh, rhetoric that we've seen over the course of the last uh, week or two and obviously with the backwash from the April minutes as well. So I think there's still uh, – we, we've seen markets repricing expectations uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, but I think there's still uh, some way to go before markets are really pricing in a high degree of, uh, of certainty that the Federal Reserve are going to be prepared to, uh, to tighten policy in the course of the next uh, three months. Or so. So, in a sense, that still leaves the dollar well below the uh, the levels that we were seeing in terms of the DXY um, just prior to the first of the Fed moves in uh, in December. And I think we've still got some way to go in terms of uh, markets just um, recalibrating positioning ahead of uh, ahead of that Fed move as well. So I think that's still uh, a scenario which will. Uh, point towards a moderately stronger dollar as we go towards that Fed move, but I don't think we're going to see an explosion and uh, the DXY powering north of 100 again.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Jim Bullard, speaking in Beijing this morning, the St. Louis Fed president, pointed out that most, almost all of the move in the DXY representing the dollar index took place in 2014. and. It basically traded sideways through 2015, went up a little bit uh, as we approached the rate increase. And his view is the big move in the dollar is kind of over now, and it's not something the Fed has to be particularly concerned about.
4: I would certainly have some sympathy with that view, I and mean, he's absolutely correct. Obviously, the, the, the dollar did have that uh, very big move in the last stages of 2014 and the first quarter of, uh, of 2015, and in a sense, I think that is commensurate with the, the broader dollar bull trend. Uh, I think we're probably going to see you know, a moderate appreciation in the dollar back towards um, the sort of 97, 98 era, perhaps in the DXY, but not you know, north of 100 again. So I think it's a case of uh, a modest appreciation in the dollar as we come back to the record Recognition of uh, monetary policy differential favouring the US over most other jurisdictions as we go through the summer and into the into the autumn. But I don't think we're going to see the the dollar powering ahead to such a degree that that would cause commensurate problems for the Fed in terms of uh, their, their their policy prescription. So I think it's a case that yes, the dollar is going to be reigning relatively firm, but we're not going to be powering to fresh extremes which would compromise either the inflation target or the uh, um, the underlying economic environment by the currency being far too strong and uh, impacting exports.
1: Uh, we're going to take a break in a minute, but just let me ask you, uh, if the Fed doesn't act, does it go the other way, or are we kind of in the range?
4: Uh, I think there is a risk that uh, if, the, if the Fed uh, desists from action, certainly uh, prior to the end of the year, then I think there is a, a scope for uh, an unwind in the, uh, in the dollar. So I think you know, we, we, we don't have to go too far back uh, to, you know, to witness uh, you know, the, the fallback in the, in the DXY to, you know, down to around the 92 threshold. So uh, I think there's, you know, there's certainly a risk that uh, if the Fed is taken off the table, uh, most notably that would probably imply that uh, the data is uh, not supportive either. Uh, then I- I think that would, you know, that would suggest that uh, you know, the dollar would uh, be edging back towards the sort of 91-92 uh, area. So clearly um, you know, the data is going to be important and all market interpretations of the Fed uh, will be integral to uh, the dollar's performance.
1: Let's come back. Jeremy Stretch, CIBC Forex Strategist here on Bloomberg Surveillance. We're counting down to the opening bell brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today.
0: Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
5: And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. Learn more at ADR.org. Headline here, crossing the Bloomberg Aries Capital to buy American capital in a deal valued at $3.4 billion. Tribune Publishing's board rejecting Gannett's latest $15 a share takeover, saying the bid is clearly inadequate for the owner of the Los Angeles Times and the Chicago Tribune, but said talks will continue. And earlier today, Tribune announced a $70.5 million capital investment from Nant Capital. Bayer offering $62 billion to buy Monsanto, deepening investor concern that it's Stretching its finances to become the world's biggest seller of seeds and farm chemicals, Monsanto shares are higher in early trading. They're up seven percent. Futures have now, well, they're a little changed to higher now. S and mini futures up a point. E mini futures up eight. and Nasdaq E mini futures up seven. The Dax in Germany's down four tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury up three thirty seconds. The yield one point eight two percent. Yield on the two-year point 0.87 percent. Nymex crude oil down one point one percent or fifty three cents to forty seven eighty eight a. Comex gold down three tenths percent, or three dollars eighty cents, to twelve forty nine ten an ounce. The euro, a dollar twelve oh eight. The yen, one hundred nine point four nine. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike, Karen
1: Mosca, thank you very much. We're talking about uh, where the markets go if the Fed acts or doesn't act, and we talked a lot about the dollar. But I want to uh, now continue with Jeremy Stretch from CIBC in terms of where the rest of the world goes. it, obviously the uh, the the fed meeting in june is important but you've also got uh, brexit a week after the fed so at this point um the the pound and i would presume the euro are at risk of uh volatility w- what do you see happening with them
4: well, it's absolutely true that I think um, whilst Brexit is often perceived as a UK-only event, it's far wider than that because, of course, if there were to be a vote for uh, the UK to leave the European Union, then I think uh, we would see the Eurozone and or the Euro under pressure and probably would see global risk appetite compromised as well. So uh, that isn't uh, the base case scenario, though. I think the the UK will most likely vote to remain within the European Union. But, and it is an important part that whilst the opinion polls in general and certainly all the, the more important important or more relevant opinion polls in the UK, uh, those that are based on the telephone rather than the internet have been suggesting there is a relatively large 8-12% lead in terms of the Remain campaign. But if there is a degree of narrowing in those opinion polls, and I think the uh, the voter turnout will also be hugely important, uh, then if there is a narrowing in those opinion polls or question marks about the, uh, the, the likely victory for the Remain campaign, then I think uh, volatility in sterling and or euro will... Yeah. Uh, accentuate and uh, impact uh, the performance of both currencies.
6: Jeremy how rangey are we if we're in a range there can always be debate about the 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 viscous quality of that range are we stuck in a range um, I think we probably
4: are for the moment. And I think, in a sense, um, you know, we are in a little bit of a sort of a holding pattern until uh, we get some of these uh, June events out of the way. So, obviously, the, the, the Brexit vote here in the U.K. is one of those. The uh, backwash from the uh, June Fed meeting is, is, is another. And then you've got things like elections in, in Spain as well. So I think there are, there are a number of variables to, uh, you know, to sort of contemplate as we go into the uh, into the month of June. And, of course, we're going into uh, the summer and lower levels of liquidity at the same same time. But I think once we clear some of those uh, risk parameters, then I think there is an opportunity uh, for a potential breaking out of the range. And I think if we are going to see uh, the Fed maintaining the rhetoric that we've seen from a number of uh, Fed members in the course of uh, that uh, statement uh, in, uh, in June, and the data is also complicit within that, uh, then I think we can see the range break, and we will probably see the range break in favor of the dollar. Although, as I was saying before the break, I'm not necessarily convinced that the dollar is going to be powering higher through those uh, those highs at the back end of last year, but the, but the dollar I think will have a, a modest degree of ascendancy as we go into uh, into the long summer.
1: I had uh, wanted to ask about emerging markets, but I wanted to get the the Brexit thing in there because obviously they deal with the euro uh, countries as almost as much as the US if not more. So what happens to emerging market currencies over the last uh, half of the year?
4: Well, I think, it, I, I think it really depends, um, and I think we, we have to be mindful of not just uh, putting all emerging markets in one large bucket. I think we need to be a little bit more um, uh, discriminating between the, those EM currencies. So I think those that have um, structural issues, whether it be current account deficits, whether it be political uncertainty, I think those currencies will continue to, uh, to struggle and underperform on the, on the proviso that we are seeing uh, a modest degree of, of Fed tightening. So, you know, like uh, the Turkish Lira, for example, or the South African Rand, I think will continue to uh, have episodes of uh, extreme volatility and or uncertainty. Well, those uh, EM nations which are uh, generating moderate growth or don't have uh, structural problems and uh, are moving towards uh, a sort of a reform-based backdrop, so somewhere like India, for example, I think will will probably perform on a a much better Mm Um, relative basis. So I think it, it's very much a case of being discriminatory in terms of your assumptions for your um, EM market yeah. rather than necessarily having one overall view.
6: One of our assumptions, uh, Jeremy Stretch, is the newly minted leader of Canada is getting a lot of favorable press. Of course, the backdrop for this is all the usual challenges that a commodity economy can face. Is it easy now to gain Canadian dollar or is it a mystery?
4: Um, well, I think there are uh, obviously interesting uh, variables at play as far as uh, Canada is concerned. We, of course, we have the, the backwash of the still relatively freshly faced prime minister. One, would, one will be interesting to see how he looks over over the course of the, his tenure. But uh, he, he's obviously arrived in power, and uh, you can argue that uh, the fiscal uh, uh, injection to the economy that uh, was part of the liberal policy backdrop was perhaps a, a rather benign back influence for uh, the Bank of Canada, which has meant that they've been able to stand aside a little bit from uh, the perception of uh, additional policy stimulus. Uh, and I guess the, the, the question for uh, for markets is the, uh, is how the fiscal injection will work and how that uh, will uh, move through the economy and whether it, will, whether it will move through quickly enough to alleviate mm-hmm. some of the headwinds that are clearly still evident in an economy, which is... Significantly influenced by oil, but I think we have to remember yeah. that it is less than ten percent of GDP. Albeit, of course, it has been the primary influence in terms of uh, longer-term yeah. business investment.
6: Our Sonia Sirletti, reporting on Italy, UniCredit chief executive officer said said set to resign as soon as tomorrow. Of course, UniCredit, beleaguered like all others. How do you frame from the CIBC desk in Toronto? How we how the euro moves when challenged by Italian banks and also challenged by uh, IMF Greece discussions. I mean, I, I get this feeling, Jeremy, stressed, that I'm sort of asleep on the euro and I shouldn't be right now. Help me with that.
4: Well, it's true. I mean, in a sense, I was I was I was asked by uh, somebody else on Friday about Greece, and you can almost argue that it's coming to the summer, so it must be time for the latest round of Greek crises. And in a sense, that's you know, in a, uh, one of the areas which uh, uh, continues to sort of oscillate under the surface somewhat, because of course we know that uh, the Greek state has some uh, very large uh, bond repayments upcoming in the next month or so, and it's going to be rather challenging. And at, at the same time, as you correctly identify, there are particular problems in uh, in the banking sector. Uh, in Italy in particular Uh, and so we're seeing the Italian equity market down more than 2% today so in a a sense when we've seen banking problems in some of those peripheral nations over the course of the uh, euro crisis over the course of the last 5 or 6 years they've been in markets which are far smaller than uh, somewhere like Italy so in a sense uh, I think this is another um, issue that's bubbling along under the surface and I think think that's going to be a a, a scenario which will take the euro lower but wouldn't necessarily <clears throat> dust off those parity uh, forecasts just yet, because whilst I, f- I wouldn't be surprised if the euro does head back towards the sort of 107-108 threshold. I think you have to remember and be uh, mindful of the fact that uh, the huge counter-account surplus that the Eurozone continues to run does provide a natural uh, degree of appetite for, uh, for Euros or flow, flow towards the Euro. So I think yeah. the Euro will head lower. I think the Greek uh, issues, the banking sector concerns, monetary policy divergence between the US and the Eurozone all favor um, uh, a, a Euro that uh, is cheaper. Um, but I don't think we necessarily see another round of Eurozone capitulation unless the, the banking sector yeah. problem comes even more pronounced than they are currently.
6: Jeremy, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Mike, I'm going to do something I I almost never do with CIBC World Markets. Mike, I'm doing something I never do. I can't remember the last time I did this. There is a technical chart pattern called a pennant, which is lower highs, higher lows. It looks just like a pennant. Deutsche Bank is a textbook, textbook pennant right now. The pennant converges in July of this year. So you and I can't take vacation. Wait, I wasn't going to. <laughs> you just did. You just uh, came back. You're talking
2: about
1: another one, I was already?
6: gone for 24 hours. Come on. Good Lord. <clears throat> but so you're still tan. I, I am. Well, I think, you know, I'm, I'm doing the John Boehner thing. But, but it, it is true. I'm putting this out on Bloomberg Radio Plus, and I may actually use this on TV tomorrow as uh, is, is well. Deutsche Bank is a gorgeous... Five, what's called a five-point pennant. And the the point is, Mike, it points. The pointy part of the It's like Game of Thrones, the pointy part of the sword, is out in about July of this year, just as a point there. Was that too much, charts and patterns on radio? Um, we this did morning. A, you did a John, fine me job. A job. Thank you. Fine. Hey, we did R-squared. I figure we can do charts on radio. Where else are you going to get this, folks? Michael McKee and Tom Keen with John Tucker. Charts, economics, finance, investment, international relations. Another hour of R Squared Economics. Good morning.